Today, we're going to begin the Law of One Session 49. This was received April 27, 1981. This is simply nine exchanges between Don and Ra, but they're all quite weighty. Most of them are quite weighty. Uh, in the beginning, we see some commentary from Book 5, or that was put into Book 5. Personal material, uh, Jim and Carla. Uh, and you can see, again, the differences in approach between Jim and Carla. And uh, you can see how what they considered to be too personal, although some of it were all Ra's answers, um, 49.2 particularly, is the, not very personal, but very helpful uh, for all of us, I think, to understand brain and energy fields and polarity. And uh, it's just another weighty session. So, um, first we have the material that was put into Book 5. Jim's, uh, I'll read his two paragraphs of comment. Jim said, I was one of the three of us most interested in querying about my own experiences. Having once also been a conspiracy buff, this may be understandable as the result of an overactive and overdramatic curiosity. Questions about Carla were always of a maintenance nature, trying to figure out the best way to keep her physical vehicle running smoothly, or at least running in some cases, and Don seldom questioned about himself at all. The following comments by Ra <clears throat> amplify the sacramental function that sexual intercourse can fulfill in one's journey of seeking the truth. With the proper balance of mind and body, uniquely determined for each entity, the orgasm can serve as a kind of triggering mechanism that activates the spirit complex and serves as a kind of shuttle, and which can then allow the entity to contact what Ra calls intelligent infinity. The pertinent information, or quote, pertinent information, relevant information, concerning the frontal lobes portion of the brain that Ra speaks of concerns the fact that no one knows for sure what that part of the brain is for. All of the qualities that make us human beings are accounted for in the rear five-eighths of the reptilian and mammalian brain. Pioneer thinkers studying this portion of the brain, meaning I think the frontal lobes, have posited the possibility that the frontal lobes are dormant in most people and may be activated by removing the various blockages in the lower energy centers, which childhood experiences have placed there in accordance with pre-incarnative choices of lessons for the incarnation. When these blockages have been removed, i.e. lessons have been learned, then the frontal lobes may in some degree be activated and a quantum leap in consciousness may be experienced for various lengths of time, usually quite short, except in the cases of genuine yogis, saints, and mystics. This is the theory. However, Jim is, quote, still, Jim is still, quote, looking forward, shall we say. He's saying that about himself. So he's um, saying that, that he was the one most interested in asking about himself or his own experiences, which seems reasonable to me. Um, he says that he once was a conspiracy buff. Frankly, I would never, I, I think that's a degrading way of talking of oneself or anybody. Conspiracy is real. <laughs> there are countless hidden plottings uh, that affect uh, society throughout history. And it's a real serious matter. And I would never use the term conspiracy buff as if it's some kind of uh, light matter. 
and he calls that result of overactive and overdramatic curiosity. Meanwhile, we may be overdramatic and excessive in our uh, fascination, obsession, attachment to uh, hidden evil. <laughs> it's very real, um, and we may become excessive on it too. That's also real. So you see how subtle things are. Um, <laughs> I think you know to to find the middle path is a real challenge. <clears throat> so, uh, like in that sentence, I think it's I think that it's um, um, it's disrespectful and it's pejorative in a sense to call anyone a conspiracy buff as if they're like a uh, model uh, you know model car buff. Meanwhile, because it's conspiracy is a very big deal. It's very real. Meanwhile, uh, we do, uh, my, my, most of us get over-attached and um, tangled in it for some times of study. And then he's saying that um, Don didn't ask about himself at all. <laughs> That's very much associated with the wisdom over love uh, perspective. Um, and that itself can be both balanced or unbalanced, either, or both, or alternating between balance and imbalance. Meaning, one can be uh, over-attached to personalist, personalistic influ in, uh, attention or focus, you know, always talking about me. One can also be uh, inadequately uh, attentive to one's personal process or looking deeper at uh, why am I this way, how am I this way, how did I get here, but focusing on uh, facts and figures or wisdom or knowledge or something impersonal, which may be interesting <clears throat> and somewhat relevant, but there's, um, there's a real problem with myself in cases that demands or really requires attention to be in accord with love. It's unloving to neglect um, real problems in our body or mind or life. Meanwhile, one can get attached to that or make a big, make, you know, exaggerate and become overdramatic about one's process too. Ra, da, uh, Jim comments on Ra's explaining the sacramental function of sex, sexuality and that it's very much, can certainly very much be part of spiritual path um, when particularly both partners are on, have a sense of spiritual path and uh, working from green ray and above. Uh, and that can allow contact with intelligent infinity, which is simply um, the circuit of Kundalini or uh, upward spiraling light from root chakra uh, through six to seven. Uh, in terms of the frontal lobes, um, uh, there's a lot <laughs> that we don't know, obviously. Uh, and yes, um, as uh, lower blockages are removed, which equals lessons learned, you see. It's a very important point he makes. Um, the learning of lessons is the lessening, or L-E-S-S-E-N, uh, lessening, reducing of uh, distortions in mind, distortions to the law of one in mind, meaning uh, inadequate love wisdom in mind, which equals blockages maintained in one, two, three. So lessons being learned equals chalk, lower chakras being cleared of blockage, which equals lessening, reducing distortions in mind to the law of one, which really means to uh, true living in reality, the reality of unity, which is um, approached 
by greater development of uh, unconditional love and discernment. Fourth ray, fifth ray. So, um, very deep stuff already. Carla's comments, Carla says, Jim's fascination, early on, about possible conspiracies of political, economic, and metaphysical nature was one he had in common with a large number of people interested in UFO and UFO messages. Somehow, the mind that revolved around to the mystery of UFOs was also vulnerable to the sensational and elaborate theories which involved secret governmental and international corporate powers. When I first began to channel 19, in 1974, such questions were very common. It took me several years of experience in channeling and watching how the group energy felt to me to determine to my own satisfaction that asking questions about this sort of fear-based specific material was substantially detrimental to the tuning of the contact and therefore to the virtue of the information received. In recent years, I allow and even welcome questions that may touch on specific issues for a questioner, but I also offer the caveat that the answer will not be specific. I value highly the good contact we continue to be able to sustain and guard its tuning carefully. She goes on, Jim's whole experience with frontal lobe research was a life-changing thing. It seemed to be the thing that opened up for him the lifestyle of homesteader. Certainly an unusually retiring and abstemious, uh, which abstemious, abstemious meaning um, um, a little bit ascetic or um, mm, abstaining, abstemious way of life, but one which suited Jim to a T. So, without understanding much of the research, I can see that it was very helpful to Jim. The man who created and promulgated this research, however, was a person increasingly devoted to specific questions when his students began channeling. So I think Jim learned the hard way that any channel can be tainted when the questioning gets too specific and focuses on worldly things rather than eternal values. This is a very important uh, uh, combination of paragraphs and comments from Carla. I mean, you know, everything is quite important here. Or lots and lots of important material presented, <laughs> you know, bang, 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 paragraph after paragraph in the raw material. Uh, you can see there's a difference between um, uh, focus on worldly things and excessive or imbalanced focus on worldly things. If you don't focus sufficiently on worldly things, you will get into trouble, like uh, miss your, you know, uh, house payment, or uh, not look when you're crossing the street, or not understand uh, why this, that, and the other foreign policy um, agendas are in play, or why America has troops all over, or other nations are fighting each other, and uh, you won't know why UFOs are in the sky even. You won't know many, 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 many things unless one focuses adequately, not excessively or out of balance, but adequately, sufficiently on worldly things and conspiratorial issues um, that are, uh, that do, you know, occur in this world and affect us. So it's a matter of sufficient yet not excessive focus in my opinion. Meanwhile, there's a difference between uh, the personal focus 
uh, or balance of focus upon eternal and transient, Ra talked about transient information, uh, as that which would detune Karla or lead to possible loss, possibly lead to loss of contact with Ra. That's a detuning based on what Ra considered over-excessive focus on transient material or worldly things in the questioning by Don. So while his um, excessive questioning would have led to the loss of the Ra contact, just as Carla's saying that for a channel, um, it's, it's essential um, to stay centered in the eternal if you wish to keep sixth density contact. Um, nevertheless, uh, uh, Don did ask some very specific questions, particularly session eight, and there'll be others coming in later sessions here, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, the, the sensational and elaborate theories involving gov- secret governmental and international corporate powers. Well, that stuff is real very real and it affects us very deeply at least at the physical and emotional mental levels here living in this world it's it to me um there's specific material that some people will feel fear to to encounter that itself may not be fear-based is all discussion of ufo uh, of you know secret governmental and international corporate power conspiracy, is it all fear-based? Absolutely not. If you feel fear, does it mean it's fear-based? If I say something and you and you think that I'm fear-based, does it mean I am? No, it's your perception. It may be true, it may not be true. So Ra talked about, uh, you know, very deep levels of secret governmental and international corporate powers conspiracies in sessions and answered Don's questions. There are many, many answers like that. Is raw fear-based? Doesn't seem to be to me. You may think so. I don't think so. So uh, we we should um, understand that um, uh, there is uh, there's the need for uh, I think uh, breadth and depth of perception and awareness and and seeking to know yet remaining in balance and there's the very and that's going to be different for every person and it'll keep changing over time meaning it may be that somebody wants to get into this uh and then for uh, a year or two they 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 uh, submerge themselves in conspiracy material they may get out of that they may they may um find that they they are uh, very greatly uh, empowered in wisdom, discernment, and comprehension by that study. Another person may say, "Oh, you shouldn't do it. It's uh, you know, it's not essential." Well, it isn't essential, but it's um, deemed important by that person uh, at that time in their life. That itself seems a pure motive to me. Yet, then, of course, that person may get um, entangled in overvaluation of that focused study. Meanwhile, if that person wishes to do it to do channeling, uh, and they have that strong focus of basically seeking um, 
to comprehend, it's called the negative use of wisdom. Ra had said that, the, that for development of wisdom, uh, comprehension of the negative use of wisdom, or bellicosity, or in our view, what the, you know, the matrix, the human matrix, uh, secret governmental stuff and corporate stuff, um, uh, is a very important <laughs> study for the development of, of Blu-ray. But if you want to do channeling, uh, you're going to get in trouble. If you're looking for higher sources to talk about that, um, you know, my inside sources, uh, the channeling, uh, the secret information about the Matrix, uh, you'll probably get Orion. And any source that's, that's bound up in that stuff, uh, there have been many channels over many years that have given failed predictions. Failed predictions is a good sign that the channel is uh, getting negative messages or has a mixed, is getting mixed reception from positive, negative, or at least getting negative. And even in the, you know, being in the predictions business, um, uh, you know, uh, indicates um, perhaps, uh, you know, <laughs> an overemphasis and overvaluation of transient information and um, the worldly things of the day. Meanwhile, uh, you know, <laughs> that's pretty important because uh, you may want to know why there's an economic collapse or why uh, there's war here, there, and everywhere and why there are strange things in the skies. So uh, the, the watchword is balance and um, honoring everyone's right to do their own thing and being careful that uh, what I think it is may not be how the person involved uh, intends it uh, when Carla says this sort of fear-based specific material doesn't seem to me that all discussion of conspiracy is fear-based. Fear-based is uh, applies simply to those who wish to spread fear. Now there are also alternative sources that seem to wish to spread fear for sure. You can find them on the Art Bell archives um, without naming names. Uh, there have been lots of guests at UFO conferences and authors and uh, so-called speaker experts uh, who, yeah, they want to spread fear. Uh, meanwhile, some of what they say may be true and they want to spread fear. And that material may be quite important. And one can get o over uh, attached or over one can overvalue it and get entangled in it. So the <laughs> it's a real delicate, delicate kind of dance um, to keep to keep seeking, and yet realize uh, if we if we get tripped up and we um, we we step on our own shoelaces and get excessive. Meanwhile, the people who are only focus on eternal values are generally clueless about uh, the human human matrix and uh, the developed negativity. Lots of Buddhists, lots of Hindus, who may have some mindfulness and they may have. Um, you know, uh, bhakti in their heart, and uh, they may feel happy, happy, or they may feel they may have peak experiences or transcendence, transcendent experiences, and they don't know anything about what's happening in the social sphere, and they think it's unimportant. Meanwhile, when the, when you know, <laughs> the as the economy keeps collapsing and uh, morals are degenerating, um, they they can't they can't understand, they can't grok. Uh, so. Balance is really important. Then we start the session. Forty nine zero.
the initial comment in brackets, I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Don's first is, would you please first give us a reading on the instrument's condition? Ra says, it is as previously stated. 49.2 is all in blue. It had been in uh, volume 5. Don says, uh, thank you. I have a question here from Jim first. He says, quote, for the past nine years, I have had what I call frontal lobes experiences in the pre-consciousness state of sleep just before I wake up in the morning. They are a combination of pleasure and pressure, which begins in the frontal lobes and spreads in pulses through the whole brain and feels like an orgasm in my brain. I have had over 200 of these experiences, and often they are accompanied by visions and voices, which seldom make much sense to me. What is the source of these frontal lobes experiences? It's very interesting. Ra's answer. We scan the questioner, Don, and find some pertinent information already available which regards the physiological disposition of this particular part of the brain, frontal lobes. The experiences described and experienced are those distillations, so these are examples of distillation, distillations which may be experienced after a concentration of effort upon the opening of the gateway, or indigo mind complex, so that the experience of a sacramental or violet ray may occur. These experiences are the beginnings of that which, as the body, the mind, and the spirit become integrated at the gateway, or indigo level, may then yield not only the experience of joy, but the comprehension of intelligent infinity which accompanies it. Thus, the body complex orgasm and mind complex orgasm becoming integrated may then set forth the proper gateway for the spirit complex integration and its use as a shuttle for the sacrament of the fully experienced presence of the one infinite creator. Thus, there is much to which the questioner may look forward. Ra is um, explaining that these uh, experiences in the head or frontal lobe of the brain, that Jim experienced, uh, are distillations. They um, come upon um, concentration of effort upon opening the indigo ray six chakra, or gateway, um, in the gateway of the mind complex. You see there's body, then mind, then spirit, if we want to think vertically, body below mind, below spirit, uh, we want to look at chakras, you can say one, two, three are very body-oriented, four, five, very mind-oriented, six, seven, more spirit-oriented. There are other ways of divining that. <clears throat> the lower mind, two, three, the higher mind, four, five, and um, the gateway of mind being six, which leads to integration of spirit complex, normally associated with six and seven, like six and seven density. Uh the result of concentration upon six or meditation or concentration and um, spiritual view would then lead to activation of that gateway which leads to an experience beyond indigo of violet sacramental um, intelligent infinity gateway to intelligent infinity the gateway of the mind being six ray the destination of the gateway shuttle being seventh ray which is really no separate from the Logos or um, accesses the Logos, the One Infinite Creator. So there can be joy 
or he felt joy in the brain and the body, uh, there's also comprehension of intelligent infinity, which is, um, as Ross said later, intuition informing intelligence. And that's gnosis informing view. Gnosis, um, direct experience of reality, transconceptually, supraconceptually, beyond fashioning, seeing, not fashioning, seeing reality, not fashioning concept. Uh, that is uh, the way of six ray uh, gnosis, informing intelligence, informing view, uh, leading to that greater comprehension of intelligent infinity, not just joy. Joy is great. <laughs> Can't beat joy, except by bliss, maybe. But joy and bliss are, uh, they live together. Mm, body complex orgasm, mind complex orgasm becoming integrated as the seven ray being becomes integrated. So the, the summit of uh, the personal self can be seen as fifth ray in some sense, um, mind body as one, two, three, four, five, um, bringing in activation of spirit uh, through the gateway six to seven is the integration for the personal of the person of mind, body, and spirit. And so there's integration of body, mind, one, two, three, four, five. There's integration of body, mind, spirit, which is, uh, you know, the um, clearance of the of the passageways and the interrelationship between all seven rays, from muladhara to sahasrara, from first ray to seven, root to crown, right? That's called kundalini, uh, and that's also the uh, upward spiraling light. And Ra talks about that, you know, uh, many times. And so this then, uh, this integration, body to body mind to body mind spirit, uh, associated with lower chakra clearance and uh, development of six ray, sets forth the proper gateway for spirit complex integration uh, and shuttle for the sacrament of a fully experienced presence of the one infinite greater. Presence. Presence. I spoke about this in the Ramana Maharshi talks that are being done on the other group and will be posted soon. Uh, the um, our notion of ego and separate self is a contraction of universal unbounded presence, uh, or unbounded uh, or or universal identity uh, as universal presence contracts down into the personal experience of so-called ego and personal mind or consciousness, and so presence is um, the true sentience of the one creator or reality. Uh, the octave is intrinsically present or intrinsically manifests infinite presence, which then is experienced in a contracted way by entities uh, in, the seven ra- in the seven dimensions. And so there's contraction of presence uh, into the sense of ego, or personal identity uh, and personal consciousness, but um, as uh, body mind integrates to become body mind spirit integration, which is a you know energetic process, then there's approaching the fully experienced presence of the one infinite creator, and so that's um, you know God is here, and um, Nityananda said when Sat and Chit are one, there is Ananda. Sat, meaning um, reality, 
we can say. There are many translations for all these Sanskrit words. Reality, I would say, sat, or true, truth, universal truth and reality. Chit, meaning mind or consciousness. Um, when the personal mind and consciousness is at one in reality, there is ananda or bliss. And sat chit ananda um, is actually um, another term for t complete self-realization, which in my book is freedom from the octave, or return to the logos, or uh, a union with the fully experienced presence of the one infinite creator. All right, 49.3, to Jim. Um, do you have any addition to that question? Jim said, okay. <laughs> uh, Don goes to Ra. This is, these are uh, showing the notes here. Don goes, I was wondering, in the previous session you had mentioned the left and right ear tones. If the left and right brain were somehow related to the polarities of service to self and service to others, which is true, could you comment on this? Ross said, we may comment on this. Don says, well, please, <laughs> will you go ahead and comment on it? Uh, 49.4, Ra explains, The lobes of your physical complex brain are alike in their use of weak electrical energy. The entity ruled by intuition and impulse is equal to the entity governed by rational analysis when polarity is considered. <laughs> Difficult. The lobes may both be used for service to self or service to other. It may seem that the rational or analytical mind might have more of a possibility of successfully pursuing the negative orientation, due to the fact that, in our understanding, too much order is by its essence negative. However, this same ability to structure abstract concepts and analyze experiential data may be the key to rapid positive polarization. It may be said to that those whose analytical capacities are predominant have somewhat more to work with in polarizing. Next paragraph. The function of intuition is to inform intelligence. In your illusion, 3D, the unbridled predominance of intuition will tend to keep an entity from, from the greater polarizations due to the vagaries of intuitive perception. As you may see, these two types of brain structure, um, the brain structure associated with um, intuition and those associated with rational or analytical functions, these two types of brain structure, the lobes, need to be balanced in order that the net sum of experiential catalyst will be polarization and illumination, meaning awakening. For without the acceptance by the rational mind of the worth of the intuitive faculty, the creative aspects which aid in illumination will be stifled. There is one correspondence between right and left and positive and negative. The web of energy which surrounds your bodies, meaning the seven energy bodies, contains somewhat complex polarizations. The left area of the head and upper shoulder is most generally seen to be of a negative, negative polarization whereas the right is of positive polarization, magnetically speaking. This is the cause of the tone's meaning for you. Now, <laughs> this is channeling. Don and Jim and Carla could not think this way, or speak this way, nor could I. Uh, so, this is real channeling. Um, deep, uh, highly organized, uh, beyond current human, beyond the comprehension of 
you know, 99.9999% of Earth humanity. I mean, beyond in terms of the formulation. There are very few people who could formulate this uh, on the fly. Uh, very, very, very few. So, this is the real deal. And this is, you know, to be understood or to be expected of a genuine six-density source. They really know the, the metaphysics. And so they're talking about physical complex brain and electrical fields and polarity and the two functions of mind and their integration and their value and their um, proper use and their imbalanced um, expression. Very few people know this, <laughs> obviously. So, the lobes of the brain are alike. They're both using weak electrical energy. Um, it's not, it's, um, not to be thought that um, intuition or impulse is greater or lesser than rational analysis in terms of polarity. Both functions can be used by both uh, by entities on both paths, positive and negative. The lobes may be used, the brain may be used for service to self or service to others. Likewise, intuition, impulse, uh, which is related to gnosis or direct seeing. Direct knowing is intuition, uh, at best. Not that everyone, every time we think, oh, that's my intuition, doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> we think it's our intuition or direct seeing knowing may not be so. It may be, it may not be. It's very subtle, you know. Just because you think it's so doesn't mean it is so. Meanwhile, it's true, you do think it's so. But that doesn't mean that you're actually perceiving accurately the, the metaphysics. So, it's not that intuition and impulse are superior or more loving or more positive. There are lots of love over wisdom folks, new age folks, religionist folks, uh, who think that the rational, analytical mind is per se negative. Uh, and Ra says, it may seem that the rational analytical mind, which are functions, the rational analytical functions of mind, may have more possibility of successfully pursuing the negative path due to the fact that in their understanding, and it's true, too much order is by its essence negative. World, new world order. They want order. Ra said the negatives are those which see the universe as that which must be or should be put into order. Their order. Order ruled by them. Their fashioned order ruled by them. That's the negative way. The positive way is not that. It's actually um, ever, ever more finely knowing and living in accord with divine order. The perfection of what is. Not imposition of my personal preferred ordering on what is. The positive path is a revealing the negative path is a fashioning, uh, distorted fashioning, that um, leads to the development of mind-body-spirit complex, despite the, their occupation or preoccupation with distorted refashioning, distorted reordering, imposed reordering, <clears throat> which is distorted fashioning, uh, which is impositional and control-based, negative path, despite that, and, and very much run by rational analytical mind. Despite that, they do possibly, if they harvest a 40 negative, make contact with intelligent infinity. They do develop the seven rays, but it's a different <laughs> different uh, way of going about it. So Ra is trying to basically acknowledge the value of both mental functions, the rational analytical and the intuitive or um, 
impulsive, uh, direct seeing, um, direct knowing as intuition, it, it's certainly more holistic uh, and um, more associated with positive path or love, wisdom in, in service to all, but, uh, but it's necessary on the positive path too, uh, or it's, it's necessary on both paths, um, and the rational analytical is valuable too. Ra is saying that analytical, those for whom analytical capacities are predominant, meaning their wisdom over love, I would say, the, the, the fourth ray emphasis, the fourth ray, um, or love, what I'm calling a love over wisdom imbalance, doesn't mean love without wisdom, it means love stronger than wisdom in the makeup or the preference of a person, leads generally to intuition uh, being valued or more or predominant versus rational analytical. While the people who are wisdom over love, five over four, green of blue of green, leading with wisdom, um, tend to have the rational analytical mind in predominance. But they're both important. <laughs> and Ra is saying, yeah, so while too much order, yes, definitely goes to the negative, because it's separative and divisional. Nevertheless, um, the ability to structure abstract concepts and analyze experiential data may be key to rapid positive polarization. If you do not have a strong, if you do not have or are in the process of developing or have the value of wishing to develop the rational analytical functions, you won't get the raw material. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, with that function, those functions of mind, the rational analytical, one can appreciate a beautiful sentence the beautiful sentence saying that, that those functions, rational, analytical, help us structure abstract concepts and help us analyze experience, experiential data, and may be key, may be critical, may be essential to rapid positive polarization. That's yana, yana yogi, yana yoga, J-N-A-N-A, -N -A, yana, which really means um, the path of knowledge or um, using mind functions as the, the uh, focus of path, different than bhakti, which is using love, or intuition and heart. So the yana yoga, yana, yani, and the bhakti yogi, the one um, leading with love of bhakti, bhakti pada, path, uh, the one leading with intellect, or rational analytical, the yana, or yana yoga, or yani, the one who's going that way, totally complementary. And um, uh, these are, you know, this is, this is the um, balance of love and wisdom. And that is not perfected until one gets out of sixth density, actually. And that's the end of the ninth fetter, restlessness. It's actually an electromagnetic or a restlessness in the manifestation of intelligent energy in terms of um, function of uh, sentient function the function of mind or sentience is imbalanced, restless, all the way up to the end of sixth density, in my view. Uh, and that's the ninth fetter in Buddhism, which is uh, kicked out uh, after the, the self-fashioning, or ahamkara, uh, self-conceit, eighth fetter, is broken. So we're talking about, you know, <laughs> the end of the path, six to seven, but both functions are very important. Uh, when we talk about intuition, the value of intuition is to inform intelligence uh, and to uh, provide uh, 
the the uh, field of of cognizables is to inform or to to uh, illuminate the field of of possible knowing for intelligence and ross said the meanwhile the unbridled predominance of intuition as a woolly woolly minded you know kind of babbling channel mystics spiritistas over millennia uh, evidence the unbridled predominance of intuition keeps an entity from greater polarizations due to vagaries of intuitive perception so there's a certain vagueness uh, there's a certain um, lack of clarity uh, to intuitive perception uh, not always but normally generally and if the person dismisses the value of rational analytical uh, they may actually uh, keep themselves from greater polarizations. What does it mean, greater polarizations? I thought there's only one polarization, morally or energetically, being positive or negative. Well, meaning, I think, greater degree of polarization, meaning the work in uh, fifth and sixth ray. Because, um, you know, fifth ray is important. <laughs> uh, you know, fifth ray is, we can say, the synthesis or allows synthesis of intuition and rational analytical into knowing. The synthesis of the modes of knowing into knowing. Knowing oneself and communicating it well. Knowing other and receiving and the comprehension of others well. Um, Those functions of fifth ray represent some synthesis of uh, these two mental functions. Rational analytical more associated with right uh, with left brain, and um, intuitive, impulsive, I wouldn't say impulsive, but intuitive direct, uh, or intuitive uh, non-linear, uh, being also uh, an essential function of Blu-ray, or, or a component of what comes out as the knowing. The, the function of knowing Blu-ray is a synthesis, in my view, of the intuitive... Uh, non-linear and the rational analytical linear modes of knowing. So Ross said, these two types of brain structure need to be balanced in order that the net sum of experiential catalyst, meaning the catalyst uh, that we experience or that we're fashioning, that we use for fashioning experience, <clears throat> so that the result of uh, meeting catalyst or having a life <laughs> will be polarization and illumination. So because without the acceptance by the rational mind of the worth of the intuitive, the creative fact, creative aspects in which aid in illumination will be stifled. So the rational mind uh, needs to uh, accept and value the intuitive faculty, and the, the mind or ourselves, <laughs> we need to value the rational analytical too. So you see, um, you know, there is not a rational mind or an intuitive mind, it's sentience, it's the functions of individualized sentience. The functions of individualized sentience are polarized like everything in the octave, uh, generally, or the polarization of intelligent energy. <clears throat> the restlessness of intelligent energy <laughs> is its polarity, the intrinsic polarity of light, uh, thus manifests as the twin functions of individualized or contracted universal sentience which are rational analytical 
and uh, intuitive nonlinear Gnostic. But um, if the rational mind or rational analytical is weak, one becomes woolly, woolly-minded and uh, fuzzy, fuzzy-headed, and fu- and the words don't don't go very far. Lots and lots of spiritual people have greater intuitive knowing than they're able to articulate analytically, rationally. And so you ask them what they mean, they don't know what they mean. They know what they feel, they know what they sense, but they can't explain it in words because the rational analytical has been devalued. They value, they, they have devalued it. Meanwhile, uh, intuitive faculty, nonlinear, direct, knowing, and Gnostic, uh, is associated with creativity. Uh, and that's why the neg- those on the negative path we see here on Earth who are very uh, predominantly relying and overvaluing rational analytical, for sure. Why they seem to be stupid, and they're not very creative. They keep repeating, you know, the same false flag methodologies, the same, you know, playbook of um, how to rule and deceive, uh, century after century. <clears throat> the same kind of things go on and on and on. They're not very creative because um, they must be careful with intuition because they might see what they don't want to see, which is <laughs> all is one. And um, the substance of light is love. And that that's something. They, those things they really don't want to see. So they don't want to look too deeply in the mirror. Um, therefore, they shackle uh, intuitive, nonlinear knowing somewhat, and um, remain pretty uncreative. Any case, the the takeaway here is that both functions of mind are essential. Both are valuable on the positive path and negative, but particularly positive path. And then when you're talking about right and left, positive, negative, it's really talking about the um, magnetic energy uh, web work, the web or matrix of magnetic energies that are not particularly higher dimensional uh, associated with both right and left sides of the brain. And so um, the left area of head and upper shoulder is generally seen to be of a negative polarization. Uh, I can't, I don't understand that fully, um, and we really don't have time to explain it. But <clears throat> meanwhile, the right area of the head and the right upper shoulder, which is heart, you see, the upper shoulder, the middle of the shoulder blades is the heart chakra, not the front, not the sternum. The, uh, the position between the shoulder blades corresponds to the etheric heart chakra uh, up the back or in the subtle spine or sushumna energy channel um, from root to crown. So we're talking about magnetics, um, but um, that's not so important. But yes, these tones, right and left ear, are very important, and one should take note whenever they hear a tone or something strange on the right or left side of the upper body, shoulder up through head, right or left. It does have significance, and um, in a polarized way. 49.5, this may be the last question we do for today, and we'll continue on next week. 49.5, Don says, Will you expand on the positive and negative magnetic polarizations in general and how it applies to, say, individuals and planets? Yay. I think there's a correlation here, but I'm not sure. We'll go another 15 minutes here for anybody who needs to leave. Um, I hope I can finish it in 15. 
we may pick it up, oh, start with this next week, uh, venture into this long answer 49.5, talking about energy centers and uh, upper and lower poles in the upward spiraling light pass passage from root to crown. We'll end with this discussion and pick it up again next week, 49.5. Ra's answer, 49.5. It is correct. I'll read, I'll read all five paragraphs and then comment uh, a bit. Number one, Ra said, It is correct that there is a correlation between the energy field of an entity of your nature, meaning third density, and planetary bodies. For all material is constructed by means of the dynamic tension of the magnetic field. The lines of force in both cases, meaning the individual entity and the planetary, the lines of force in both cases may be seen to be much like the interweaving spirals of the braided hair. This is talking about energy channels. Thus, positive and negative wind, positive and negative wind and interweave, forming geometric relationships in the energy fields of both persons, as you'd call a mind body spirit complex, and planets. Then, the negative pole is the south pole or the lower pole, P O L E. The north or upper pole is positive. The crisscrossings of these spiraling energies form primary, secondary, and tertiary energy centers. Important point. You are familiar with the primary energy centers of the physical, mental, and spiritual body complex. Secondary points of the crisscrossing of positive and negative center orientation revolve around about several of your centers. The yellow ray center <clears throat> may be seen to have secondary energy centers in elbow, knee, and in subtle bodies at a slight spacing from the physical vehicle at points describing diamonds about the entity's navel area surrounding the body. Third paragraph. One may examine each of the energy centers for such secondary centers. Some of your peoples work with these energy centers, and you call this acupuncture. However, <clears throat> it is to be noted, in the case of acupuncture, that there are most often anomalies in the placement of the energy centers, so that the scientific precision of this practice is brought into question. Like most scientific attempts at precision, it fails to take into account the unique qualities of each creation meaning each being, person, entity, as a creation. Fourth paragraph. The most important concept to grasp about the energy field is that the lower or negative pole will draw the universal energy into itself from the cosmos. This is root chakra. <clears throat> Therefore, it therefrom, it will move upward to be met and reacted to by the positive spiraling energy moving down, downward from within, from crown. The measure of an entity's level of ray activity is the locus wherein the south pole outer energy has been met by the inner spiraling positive energy. So we have inner and outer, south and north, and uh, ascending and descending. Fifth paragraph, <clears throat> as an entity grows more polarized, this locus will move upwards. This phenomenon has been called by your peoples the Kundalini. However, it may be better it may better be thought of as the meeting place of cosmic and inner, shall we say, vibratory understanding. To attempt to raise the locus of this meeting without realizing the metaphysical metaphysical principles of magnetism 
upon which this depends is to invite great imbalance. So we're <clears throat> this is a really <laughs> important um, response answer by Ra talking about the process of soul evolution um, in third density and beyond as it relates to the polarized nature of the mind-body-spirit beingness, totality, or octave self, us. The polarized nature of the self, or the polarized nature of intelligent energy itself, right? Where does this polarity come from? It's a 1372. In the cosmic numerics, the sevenfold um, uh, major frequency system or distribution of the one intelligent energy breaking into seven through the axis of the three, one, three, seven, uh, the seven manifests in a polarized way. Therefore, the octave self or the self or us, which is body, my spirit, but also higher beingness and totality, the seven dimensional self, the seven chakra, seven energy bodies self of the octave self <clears throat> is composed of what? It's composed of intelligent energy, which is polarized. So therefore, that duality, polarity, uh, manifests in all aspects uh, of the sevenfold structure too. The structure of the microcosm. Just like the structure of the macrocosm in seven densities, we see time, space, space, time. So the polarity of the dimensions uh, that manifests, at least for conscious life, second through six, uh, as in densities two through six, <clears throat> a physical incarnate space-time and a non-physical disincarnate time-space, that polarity of dimensions is, uh, you know, in some ways a mirror of the polarities uh, intrinsic to the seven-ray, seven-energy body self, in which uh, there's, an, there's an upper and a lower, there's a north and a south, there's an outer and an inner. And so... Yes, indeed, there is correlation between the energy field of an entity, meaning the total seven bodies, seven rays energy field, okay? The seven-dimensional energy field, that's what you are, seven-dimensional being. And actually, you are the source of that, of course. You are, that's actually simply your body, Logos. It's simply your body and your vehicle of experience in the octave, Logos. Uh, so, there's a correlation between the energy field of an entity, which is a contracted presence, a contracted presence and identity of the one infinite creator or the logos, into um, identification with the seven rays, seven bodies in the octave, in the apparent time-space. There's a correlation between the entity and planets. All material is constructed by means of the dynamic tension of the magnetic field uh, which is the intrinsic polarity of intelligent energy itself, um, electromagnetic, radiation and um, reception, transmission, reception and transmission. Yang and yin is transmission, reception. Wisdom and love, male and female, upper and lower, inner and outer, you know, past and future. <laughs> All of these polarities... Um, come out of this dynamic or are aspects of the dynamic tension of the magnetic field, which is the intrinsic polarity of intelligent energy itself, as far as I know. Then you see you have lines of force or, um, you know, the ley lines of a planet are akin to the complex 
uh, web of the nadis or energy channels in the uh, uh, body mind spirit complex where they're really in the etheric body so the nadis under nadis which are the energy channels or meridians in chinese medicine simpler view uh, these energy channels are lines of forth, lines of force, and um, like interweaving spirals of braided hair, um, they can be understood as positive and negative, or there is some polarity to the ley lines of a planet, as well as the nadis of the etheric body for an individual. There's positive and negative in the in in these nadis. And there is even a positive negative in the chakra, or the major chakras, where you have 1357 and 246 lines. 1357 is positive, 246 is negative. Positive is male, negative is female, but we're really talking about transmission and reception. We're not talking about um, boys and girls. We're not talking about gender and genitals. We're talking about two, the, 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 the polarized primary functions of intelligent energy being radiation and magnetism, transmission and reception, uh, motion and stillness, yang and yin, sure, uh, fire and water, sure, no problem. That's what male and female is. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about anything more substantial, more fleshy than that. <clears throat> so then, uh, for the planet with ley lines, what we call ley lines or planetary uh, electromagnetic lines of force, and for the individual with nadis that relate to major chakras and minor chakras and tertiary chakras, uh, we have a winding and interweaving geometric relationships uh, and planets uh, for individuals and planets. Now, uh, <laughs> uh, third, first, second paragraph, we can say that the negative or receptive uh, or incoming or upward spiraling light re input, e e ingress, the ingress and the egress, right? The in incoming and the outgoing. But they both are incoming, actually. Anyway, it's all this on and on. But the negative, if we look negative positive or south north or lower or lower upper, we're talking about Muladhara, root chakra, negative pole, north upper or male, uh, positive could be Sahasrara or crown chakra, then you have these crisscrossings of spiral energies and that makes chakras. So there are seven primary, but you can say there are multiple secondary, and what? Um, there are multiple tertiary or third level energy centers. Is it that every the seven chakras have seven secondary and the 49 total secondary chakras have 7 times 49 tertiary? I don't know. A ask a yogi. But uh, some people would think that in Kundalini Yoga, and um, Hindus have discussed that for millennia, actually. Uh, but clearly, we know there are 7 primary, uh, red through violet. They're associated with physical, mental, spiritual, right? Body, mind, spirit. Their secondary points um, of positive and negative center orientation. Now, what do you have? A negative chakra? No. However, there's a. I think Ra's talking about the chakra lines. Two, four, six being negative uh, doesn't mean negative polarity. It means receptive or magnetic. Uh, one, three, five, seven being positive. 
or um, not positively oriented, but uh, active or um, electro <laughs> or transmissive or dynamic, the yang being 1357. But that, that needs further elaboration. But for sure, there are um, secondary and tertiary chakras. And if you're talking about third chakra, as example, you can say the secondary or minor chakra points, secondary chakra points associated with third ray, yellow, is elbow and knee. Then only Ra knows about subtle bodies, that's light spacing from the vehicle and diamonds around your navel. But <clears throat> you can see this is so far beyond, uh, beyond human. Nobody's talking about uh, spaced, you know, <laughs> minor secondary chakras that are actually outside, you know, that are a few inches away from the navel in diamond patterns. But <clears throat> what's the uh, relationship between elbow and knee? Well, they both happen to be midpoints in the um, appendages of leg and arm, or arm and leg. Uh, foot one. Uh, thigh, uh, calf two, knee three, thigh four, um, uh, hip joint five, hand one, hand wrist one, uh, forearm two, elbow three, upper arm four, shoulder joint ball, you know, the upper shoulders five, <clears throat> in my view. Therefore, in the both legs and both arms, we see... Um, a recapitulation of the seven-ray structure in secondary chakra arrangement, in my view. Uh, foot, ankle, and hand, wrist, one. Uh, calves and forearms, two. Uh, knee and elbow, three. Uh, thigh and upper arm, four. Hip and hip joint and shoulder and shoulder joint, five. And uh, one can have fun with these things. Uh, diagnostician, doctors, subtle uh, naturopaths can do something well with that, frankly. <clears throat> Understanding the, the sub-chakra correlations of particular bodily illness of the four limbs. Then, um, I'm not going to go into the next three in any depth, the next three paragraphs, answer of 49.5, but... Uh, you can say that all the energy chakras, or at least um, many of the energy chakras, can be found to have secondary and tertiary chakras. Acupuncture works with that, but um, <clears throat> it's not very scientific or it's not precise because the location on any body of any um, acupuncture point or meridian line, which is akin to the Hindu nadis, energy channels or tubes, um, for energy pat uh, etheric energy circulation in the body, uh, they're variable and unique and personal in terms of location. But the main point, and we'll get start with this last next time, is um, the lower or negative draws in universal energy from the cosmos. That's the upward spiraling light starting at root chakra, moving upwards to be met and reacted to the positive. Uh, coming from the crown, spiraling energy moving down from within, um, really coming through higher self. That's why it's called within. And that this measure of an entity's level of ray activity, meaning um, their uh, 
um, overall uh, degree of soul evolution, um, which is a kind of uh, synthesis of uh, seven ray development, particularly development of two, three, four, five, six chakras, the middle five, um, the overall assessment of chakra uh, of, of soul evolution um, based on related to chakra development and balance uh, will be um, where these two energies meet or um, have their abiding point. The upward spiraling from the root chakra, the downward inner spiraling, which is also upward but it appears to be downward, from crown. Of course the seven chakras are not columnar, vertical, linear, up and down. That's just because we see it that way, but they're really sphere the, the self is more spherical or even uh, elliptical, <laughs> the elliptical self, uh, and or lenticular self, how about that? The lenticular seven-ray, seven-bodied self, octave self, uh, it's, it's not a downward, but it's, um, they go towards each other. <laughs> and the measure of an entity's level of ray activity, which really means combined seven-ray development, is the locus or the point at which the south pole, in this case meaning root chakra, outer energy from the so-called outer cosmos, so-called environment, uh, meets, contacts the inner or um, from within, also spiraling positive energy, in this case from crown chakra. And then as we evolve, the polar, the locus um, moves upward, meaning there's clearance uh, there's progressively higher clearance of the passageway from root up to crown. That's akin to the Kundalini rising. Uh, Shiva Shakti union in the head is the goal. Um, but Ra says it's better to think of it as the meeting place of cosmic and inner, meaning that the cosmic coming in through the, the root and the inner coming in through the crown, uh, two levels of vibratory understanding or qualities of uh, sentience about that, the, the sentience of duality and the sentience of unity, or the sentience of the particular uh, and the sentience of, uh, of the unified. Uh, to attempt to raise the locus, meaning force <laughs> chakra development, which is what Gopi Krishna did in his book, talks about in his book called Kundalini, where he meditated um, on the crown chakra in a certain imbalanced way or outside of... Um, proper instruction from a guru or a true yogi and got into very big problem energetically um, and invited and experienced great imbalance in the body. So um, that's a book called Kundalini, I believe it was a doctor, a very scientific, thoughtful man named Gopi Krishna, I believe. So it's a big deal. Yeah, to continue our spiritual evolution to continue uh, developing higher chakras, actually. And, and that means continue unblocking lower. Yeah, look, you can, you know, that's the answer 49.4. So they're mm -hmm. saying, um, uh, those whose analytical capacities are predominant, in a sense, have more to work with because um, they're splitting hairs. <laughs> so they have more, more, more uh, particulars they're creating particulars by um, 
by analyzing portions, by analysis itself. Analysis as a divisional or splitting function, uh, as an ordering and uh, categorizing, classifying, and all that. They're making more experience for themselves to be able to love and understand. <laughs> They're making more that can be distilled. Absolutely. So, uh, too much rational analytical um, leads to a lack of holistic recognition or holistic uh, apprehension. You can, you know, it's like the forest and the trees. Um, it's helpful to know the detail of the trees. It's helpful to know the the layout of the forest. And uh, reality, you know, is both wave and ocean. So it's important to know the uh, particular, and it's important to know the holistic. And the holistic is apprehended or perceived generally by intuitive, and the individual or discrete is perceived and recognized uh, and understood more more fully by the rational analytical. So there's particular, you know, there's general and specific, but it's not just general; it's really systemic, and it's systemic and particular. You know, it's important to know the structure of a wave. <laughs> and and the um, structure and function and uh, sequential linear development of a wave, like a self evolving in time and space, uh, and like you know particular like why I have this pain in my finger. Why do I have this pain in my finger? Well, uh, one can grasp it intuitively and get a sense. Oh, there's a problem with um, touching. What does touching mean? Touching is contact, is uh, bridging is uh, joining, is engaging in a very fine way. Uh, but it's the, you know, this particular finger of my 10. Uh, what does that mean? Well, let me analyze it based on my book knowledge, even, or my specific, you know, analysis uh, of that finger versus other fingers, using the rational function to complement and um, strengthen or, or to um, make use of what the intuition informs. So the informing from intuition is um, is brought into concrete specific focus by rational analytical. And that's, you know, that's what I, I mean, I try to do that too. You know, balance the rational analytical with the intuitive. The sensing and the thinking, right? Thinking and feeling or non-linear knowing, non-linear apprehension and linear um, particular analysis very very important and and the measure of somebody's ability to communicate um, in terms of uh, efficiency in, in communication um, or or um, power you know the the delivery of power or will um, very much needs the rational analytical actually and that's why you get some people who um, have this unbridled in predominance of intuition, keeping themselves from greater polarization, keeping themselves from greater development of, of blue and green, actually, both. So the people who are anti-rational, anti-analytical, you know, uh, they think thinking is for nerds or something. Uh, they think, they imagine, they believe that thinking is not spiritual. Intuition is spiritual. Feeling is spiritual. Follow your feeling. Eee, follow your feeling. 
Well, sometimes the feeling is based on distortion or blockage in lower chakras. Hmm. Sometimes the intuition is actually um, hoping or imagining or a fashioning, not a seeing. So there's the true intuitional seeing and there's the false intuitional that is fashioning or imagining or hoping or coming at a wrong view. And that's why some channels think they're channeling, some folks think they're channeling, but they're not. And some naive followers think that they're channeling, but they're wrong. Uh, meanwhile, there may be good information there. Uh, meanwhile, um, rational is not the only function needed to. And um, so you have some people who come out with uh, exaggerated claim, or, you know, outrageous claims. Some of those claims may be true. <laughs> I know, I'm from, uh, you know, a group that's two billion years older than Earth humanity. That sounds pretty outrageous, but that's what Ross said. Mm-hmm. And likewise, some of what Carla, I think, is, is, has been kind of um, criticizing as, a, you know, the, the work of a conspiracy buff. Meanwhile, Raw talked at very deep levels of conspiracy uh, in a very analytical way. So it's... Um, the important of balancing both functions of mind. Uh, next time we're going to pick up with uh, 49.5 a little bit and then go 49.6789 and close session 49. Uh, you can see <laughs> nine exchanges or less uh, actually comes out in two hours because there's a lot to say. <clears throat> it's very interesting for me and I hope it's been interesting for you. So thanks for being here. Um, Next time, again, we'll conclude session 49, seven times seven, and um, much appreciated. Uh, Go forth, (laughs) rejoice, enjoy, have a nice day, nice evening. See you next time. Good night.